0: Hello and you're very welcome to Talk A Good Game, the Mead Chronicle sports podcast that delves into the minds of the Royal County's leading sports personalities to find out what makes them tick and what makes their blood boil. You can contact us on sports at meadchronicle.ie or on Twitter using at meadsports and the hashtag TAGG. So stick those headphones on and enjoy our latest episode of Talk A Good Game. OK, you're very welcome, as I said, to Talk A Good Game, the uh, Mead Chronicle Sports Podcast. Unfortunately, uh, due to circumstances beyond our control, our guest for this week was unable to make it. Hopefully, uh, we'll be able to get them in again at a different time. But I'm joined in studio just to have a look back um, at the issue of the Mead Chronicle that is out on Tuesday night by Jimmy Gagan, our uh, sports journalist extraordinaire here. Jimmy, you're very welcome. Thank you, much. You uh, missed the last couple of podcasts, uh, I suppose, the odd day off you do get meant that uh, you weren't here when we ended up recording them the last couple of days. So we do like to give the odd day off around here, don't That's
1: they? That's right. The odd the odd one is right, uh, Fraggle, but uh, I made the most of it anyway, but I was t- tuned in anyway at the same time Very what was good. going
0: on. Very good. Yeah, a couple of interesting yeah. podcasts, actually. Last week's one um, about looking at the structures of the Mead Football Championships and how they could improve the fixtures and that sort of thing. was uh, It did attract a lot of debate, and, and I know from talking to... The three guys that were in the studio—Seamus Kenny, Conor O'Donoghue, and Sean Kelly—they had got a good feedback from it. So it's obviously something that they're hoping to improve on in the future, and and it needs to be improved on, doesn't it, Jimmy? The fixture situation.
1: I think it probably has to be tightened up a little bit, but uh, we're still struggling to deal with the uh, with the club man player, the the ordinary club player. Um, uh, because they they seem to be still edged out. It's many years now ago since Crow Park started the promise to uh, to sort this out for the club player, to get them into a situation where uh, they were getting regular games, but also where they could plan their summer and so on. But, you know, if we're talking about the Super 8s here. It, it seems to be all about the Super 8s. It's all about big money. It's all about the big games. And club players are, are once again despite numerous promises uh, from Crow Park, they are once again left out in the cold. And I, th- I think it's, it's a disgrace, Fargo.
0: Yeah, well, we, we, I, I did touch on it. Well, rather than touch on it, there's a 1200 words uh, we leave it there column uh, by myself in this week's paper where we do talk about the hierarchy of the GAA their, their focus is on the money it is on the star player the elite athlete and the club player is seriously forgotten about but hopefully these three guys now have come up with a plan and hopefully the clubs will get behind it to streamline the Mead Club Championship with the aim first of all of improving Mead's stature within the Leinster Club within the provincial club competition we need a more competitive club championship we need to be more competitive in Leinster And I think by being more competitive, it will make our inter-county team more competitive, won't it? Well, look,
1: I I remember a quote quote comes to mind there from Sean Boylan many years ago when when all this changed when when they when when um, it went to group phase and and teams could could lose yeah yeah yeah, yeah. teams could lose two or three uh, championship games. And suddenly, and still be in the in the running for the title, he said that it would take the edge off meat football, that it would affect and undermine meat football, and it has done that. Fergal, it has done that big time. And um, I think what uh, he said, I
0: think uh, even paraphrasing what he said at the time, he says the fear of losing is gone.
1: Fear of losing, yes. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, I, it has to have an effect. If you, if you um, go in there knowing that you can lose the first match, lose two matches. If you go in there knowing that you've got a ch you know it's bound to affect you, bound to undermine your performance. And um, I wonder what people out there think. Yeah. You know Does it undermine? those problems? I, I Yeah. I mean, well, I would imagine it would. But uh, guys who are playing the fo- championship football at the moment will will certainly know that better than me. You know. But yeah. Then,
0: well, I think I think there's no doubt that whether they're prepared to admit it or not, I think subconsciously or unconsciously the. Uh, Knowing that you have that safety net, that fallback of, oh, well, we have another game, we will have another chance here, has definitely diminished that Mead spirit, that never say die spirit of the 80s and the 90s when, you know, if, if it, we used to say, well, if Mead are eight points down with 10 minutes to go, the opposition were in trouble. But now, if we're eight points up with ten minutes to go, we just don't seem to have that. We've lost that killer instinct. And I think, myself personally, and it is my own view, as all our views on these podcasts are our own personal views, is that that safety net of the back door ha- has diminished that that intensity and, and that will to win.
1: Yeah, but perhaps, um, you know, obviously we don't have the same quality of players, then I think that it's fair enough to say that. we We don't have the... The same number of top class players we had then. But yeah, I mean, it's it, it, perhaps, I think it's a decent enough uh, theory to put forward as to why Mead football has tumbled, tumbled down the ranks in recent years. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that competitive edge, that hunger, perhaps. But uh, um, there, there's certainly things that we know from this year, like how many withdrawals, eight, 10 withdrawals from the county team over the last year. um, So that, that, the, the same desire is not. I remember there, there was a time when a player would actually die to get a county jersey. That no longer applies. Now it's uh, it's it's players it's are very are willing. Chore
0: at this stage to have a county jersey. Well it jersey. seems
1: like that, you know, and um um there was a there was a you know there was a good point made to me made to me there the other day the fact that um uh, it was Brian Farrell actually he said, you know, the manager of the under twenties uh, he was saying that a lot of players are are reluctant to commit now because um they see Dublin, they see Dublin dominant there, you know. So Leinster title they just can't see me winning a Leinster title. So they see so they're saying to themselves, Why should I put myself through all this? Why should I put myself this torture? Why should I sacrifice days and why should my family suffer because I've no chance of getting winning a Leinster title? It's gonna end up in the back door, going down the and back door and who knows where that
0: Sorry about that, Jimmy. We had a, a, just a bit of technical difficulties the with the machine there. there. Yeah, the gremlins, they're, uh, they're everywhere, even in me, Chronicle Towers here. But uh, mm. I, I was making the point that about the uh, you know, the fixture debacle, really, is all we can call it at the minute, is how it's affecting club players as well. At the county board meeting last week, um, Declan Kinsella from Centralstown GA Club wanted just to know what's the schedule of fixtures for our junior team? I want to be able to go back and tell our junior players, you're playing at this time, on this day, for the next five weeks. And it should have been a simple enough thing, but uh, Ollie Codden of the CCC had said, well, we can't plan that far in advance. We can plan maybe two weeks in advance, he said, but definitely not a month in advance. And this is the frustration for the for the honest-to-God club player that has a maybe has a wife, has a girlfriend, has a boyfriend, has kids, has has dogs that need to be walked, has holidays that need to be taken. They want to be able they're willing to sacrifice a lot in their life to be able to play GEA. But they want a the certainty of a fixture, and that is the big problem that has to be addressed, isn't it?
1: it? It certainly is, because we all know that the club is the is the foundation, the pride of the parish. That is the foundation of the GAA. It has been from the very start. It's one of the. It's one of the reasons why the GAA is this great organisation, this brilliant organisation. And uh, you know, and this has been undermined now, and it's eating away. It's eating away gradually at the at the structure of the GAA. We mightn't see defects now, but. Uh, well, maybe we ha- We're beginning to see the effects now because people are walking away. Guys are going to America. Uh, they're not. They're not willing to play for the county teams. They're not willing to play for clubs. They're going to young guys, I and mean, you can't blame them. But I um, mean, in in the past, they would have stayed at home, made sure they're fit because they can. They knew when the championship was on. Now they're going to America. They've been lost to um, county teams. They've been lost to clubs, and it's that's going to undermine the 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 GA in the long run, and it's a, certainly a serious. And the problem is that there's no the Super Aces has only compounded it instead of trying to f- fix I've, I've heard uh, on other news stations or other sports stations about um, how in other counties uh, the club scene you know people are not happy with the club scene they're not happy with uh, the fact that players don't know when they're going to be out next in the championship match and um, so it it's just it's it's not been sorted by the GA by and it's up to them to do it
0: well hopefully now this document that uh the, the three boys have already mentioned are bringing to the delegates at the county board hopefully this will be the first step on an improvement in that but uh, we'll move on quickly we we did uh, type out a bit of a outline of a plan to follow for this mm-hmm. podcast and we went off script straight away yeah but first thing we wanted to discuss or i was planning on discussing was that that old football was coming home jimmy the 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 beating of the yeah. drum for the last week coming from over the irish water the football was coming home well it, it that drum beat ended last night in moscow with england been beaten by croatia and i'm sure a lot of people are tuning in now going well that's some leap from uh, fixture problems in the ga to england exit in the world cup but mm-hmm. uh it did grab the nation, didn't it, England's involvement in the World Cup? And I suppose the fact that we weren't in it ourselves, it gives us something to follow. Where would you lie on the uh, whole Irishman supporting England debate? Where do you, where does your...
1: Well, I look at... Um, I, 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 I've I been over in England many times myself, of course. I walked over there, I worked with English people, uh, I have relatives who are English people, um, you know... But yeah, obviously that's all that so many Irish people have that are in that situation. But I I was hoping that they do well because um uh, you know we support England. We we know these players. And um, I remember vaguely remember nineteen sixty when uh, Alf Ramsey led England to the World Cup, the first ever World Cup.
0: You not on the beer that <laughs> night, Jimmy. No? You know, going to beer to well, celebrate 60, that nineteen sixty six. We start doing the sums now, Dad. Up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we were moving on quickly, but uh, Alf Ramsey led them to uh, success that year. Um, no, I, I was, I was hoping to do well. Although, I mean, I had gone for France. Uh, you know I'd, I'd gone for France to, to win it overall myself and I still obviously still think they will win it
0: well there's no yeah. no harm in, in in thinking that another team are going to win it but I just didn't I don't understand this approach by some people saying I'm not supporting England I'd support anybody but England and most of these people are wearing Liverpool jerseys or Man United jerseys or Chelsea mm. or the newfangled supporters from Man City jerseys and but you know and then they have this almost hatred of the English national soccer team. I can understand that this it's coming home gets on people's wick and drives them mental. Mm. I can understand that. And you, when you watch Ian Wright's little argument with Roy Keane on ITV last night and Keno putting him in his place about we were planning parades and everything. That element of the English support really does get on people. But these are the players that that most Irish soccer supporters follow week in, week out. I can't understand why they wouldn't you know, wish them to do well or hope that they'd be winning a World Cup.
1: Yeah, well, you're a big Liverpool fan yourself. I think anybody. Who well, knows I'm, it,
0: I'm a big and Liverpool fan, yeah. So
1: <laughs> anybody who knows you will know that, uh, Fergal. So, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, you have to sort of it would be almost um, sort of hypocritical if you didn't yeah. sort of follow them, you know, and um, and then follow the club scene and then hoping that the national team would 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 collapse okay we we talk about 800 years now the rest of it but i think we you know this it's it's not really relevant in in in, in the context of supporting a, a soccer team i think
0: it's good to remember your history but this bearing a grudges yeah is, yeah this
1: bearing a yeah yeah so uh, i was i was hope i thought they might do well they certainly look very much like but the problem the thing i was worried about in our concerned about in the sense that the, the, the quality of football the english produced because a lot of the irish players of course play over there the quality of football they produced, I thought, was dire throughout the uh, competition for, for most of the spell. It was about character, it was about effort, it was about graft, which are great qualities for any team to have, of course. But uh, when you see the, the, the skill of Modric and, and other um, Croatian players last night and other teams as well, you know it's it's a higher level they they're still playing it in a different level and despite all the coaching english football is still about uh, you know 100% graft determination uh, certainly compared to do to uh, continental teams and other world teams so i mean we i say ireland like you know we, that's the football irish players are accustomed to as well and we were not going to. We're not going to make a huge impact. England are not going to win a World Cup ever. I think playing the way they did no, in this no. World Cup, they did fine. But I mean, they're not going to win it. When you look at Croatia last night, and I've
0: seen a very interesting tweet um, from I can't remember who it was from last night, but you know, making the point of Croatia, oh, a small country of 4.1 million, and England, this country of 55, 60 million, whatever it is. Um, when you look at Croatia, as an Ireland sports reporter, and and. Our impact on the international sports scene across all variety of sports—it's—it's—it's it's, it's not impressive when you look at Croatia, who produce world-class soccer team, mm. produce a world-class basketball team. They've world-class players playing at the highest level in the NBA. They've got uh, champions that compete at the Winter Olympics, the Summer Olympics. They're just for a nation so small, and I'm sure that they don't invest. They probably invest more than Ireland. Yeah, sorry Jimmy, the, uh, the Gremlins are at it again there. I was just making the point that I'm sure Croatia do probably invest more money in their sports um, than Ireland, but uh, they're, they're producing, or sorry, yeah, they are producing exceptional athletes across a wide variety of sports. And, and it's something, it's a model maybe that, that the Irish sports governing bodies could look at and maybe work on that model.
1: Well, there's one thing there, Fergal, uh, that uh, Croatia... The difference between us and Croatia is that we've got the GAA. Can you imagine what our soccer team would be like if we had players uh, who turn out for Tyrone, Dublin, Kerry, whoever, uh, if they had concentrated on soccer? We we'd be world champions. Can you imagine how how we would have performed in the in the in rugby? We'd be world champions there as well. I'm sure at some stage. Um, so GAA hurling and football, you know, you they absorb all our best our athlete, most college, of our best yeah. athletes yeah. I, w- I would uh, contend and um,
0: oh there's no doubt that yeah. our our top ga people are world class athletes in terms of fitness in terms of approach in terms of commitment our yeah. elite ga players are world class athletes i think that would be beyond debate but it's trying to get the people that specialize in and our our soccer team is so when you look at the world cup our soccer team was so far off the pace and People might try to tell you different, but we are. We're way off it. Yeah. Our athletics, okay, we have Sarah Tracy, or Sarah Sarah Tracy is a decent athlete as well, but Sarah Healy winning gold um, and a few other girls winning gold at the European Athletics Championships. Patience winning gold as well at the European Athletics Championships during the week. So maybe our athletics programme is going to improve but yeah. we haven't been there.
1: No, well, no, that's what I'm, my point. You know, the, the GA is absorbing so much talent, and uh, which is great for us, you know, because we can see those games. But in terms of our international, it has undermined our international um, performances, no doubt about that. And I'm sure our, our any people listening out there that would um, would agree with that. Yeah. Perhaps well, they wouldn't.
0: We talk about uh, talent coming through, and we had a feature in the Mead Chronicle this week about... Um, a mead duo of talented tennis players. I know tennis. Wimbledon is on this week. Just in case anybody hadn't noticed. With the World Cup going on. Wimbledon has kind of taken a back seat. It's the first time. Maybe it's because of the World Cup. Or also the first time in over a decade. That no British player has made it into week two of Wimbledon. But uh we do have a couple of talented young players coming through in the tennis scene from Laytown Bettystown, as well. In the Butler brothers, Cahill and Hugh Butler, as I said, there's a feature in the uh, in the Me Chronicle this week mm. where uh, we we talk about the two brothers. And Cahill Butler uh, came away with the spoils at the recent Under 18 National Spring Championships in Clontarf, uh, where he can take took on the top-ranked junior players in Ireland. Um, and he also went into the championships unseeded, but he battled against favourites from Northern Ireland and and England, and players seeded eighth and third in the championship, and he bet them along the way and came out on top. And Cahill also has a younger brother, Hugh, who's only 14, who won the National Indoor Championships as well. Uh, He also won the National Winter Match Play Championship, and he's currently ranked as the number one under-14 player in the country. So tennis is making a bit of a... An impact in the Laytown Bettystown area, and of course, Connell when he was doing the research in that story, also found out that, uh, you know, there's a proud record of tennis over in Laytown Bettystown. Not many people would know uh, about the exploits of an Eleanor O'Neill, who was a past member of the Laytown Bettystown Club, who played in Wimbledon in the nineteen fifties and sixties. Uh, O'Neill won the girls' national under eighteen singles title 56, 57 and fifty eight, and went on to play in Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. Uh, another former international player jim mccardle was a member of the club in the 80s uh so they they've a good tradition there in laytown betty's town but you know has wimbledon caught your or tennis caught your imagination in the last few weeks Jimmy?
1: well i mean it's it's impossible to uh, sort of avoid the the, wimbledon, the drama there and so on I, it's, it's i would love to go over there sometime you know and just sit down there and have strawberries and cream and yeah. and um glass of champagne maybe or something like that and what, and watch some of those games. Good. I know some people have done that and and they've they'll They'll never forget it. So because I watch, you know, I remember go, you know, watching McEnroe and uh, Borg and you know all that and um, this drama. It's, it's exciting, but it's brilliant to see young players like that, uh, Hugh Butler and Carl Butler um, emerging. It's amazing, you know. The, it's amazing what you'll find when you do, you know, in in, in some places like Eleanor O'Neill that that lady who uh, uh, played in te- in Wimbledon herself, you know, and um,
0: yeah, amazing stories. But well, not too many yeah. would know that Mead had had players competing at such a high level at Wimbledon.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, a very timely story and um uh, yeah, we're
0: well, we're recording this on a Thursday afternoon for anybody listening after and we're just looking at the the competitiveness of the ladies tennis. I see Angelique Angelika Kerber um probably just about to beat uh, Yelena Ostapenko in the women's semi-final. 6-3, uh, three, three up at the minute so uh, she's probably about to beat them but the women's championship is so unpredictable the last seven Grand Slam winners have all been different all different, gone to different women in that championship and of the four semi-finalists in Wimbledon this year uh, Kerber is ranked 10, Ostapenko's is ranked 12 Julia George is ranked 13 and she's taken on who's probably the favourite of the whole lot, Serena Williams who remarkably is, mm. is ranked 181 in the world so Rankings mean nothing in ladies' tennis. It really is such a wide-open wide open thing there. And when you look at the men's side of it, Federer been knocked out was probably the biggest... If the World Cup wasn't on, it would have been a big story last night. But uh, Nadal and Djokovic are probably the ones to watch. And Ken Anderson, of course, who beat Federer.
1: Sure, it might might encourage you to take up tennis,
0: um, Fergal, would it, uh, it? Doubt it, Jimmy, doubt it. But yeah. uh, talking about the success of, uh, of Eleanor O'Neill in Wimbledon and those... Uh, superstars that are playing in the ladies semi-final it's a big weekend of action for the ladies Mead ladies um, Mead Camogie team their first year up playing in the, in the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship a massive massive leap for them but it's uh, it hasn't gone I suppose you can't say it hasn't gone according to plan because Mead would have been expected to find it going a bit tough at senior level but uh, I see that manager John Davis last week was having a go that uh a lot of clubs, or not a lot of clubs, but me I think he was saying one club in particular, not that he mentioned names, that not everybody is rowing behind this success story that is Mead Camogie. And he believes that if they did, maybe the situation could be a bit different. They played, what, three games and lost three in the Championship?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I suppose, you know, Mead Camogie is like one of those uh, League Two teams in England, maybe, that, that suddenly go up through the ranks and suddenly find themselves in the top tier among the elite and it's a huge, huge ask to try and start winning matches, um, just like that. Um, I know John has done, and, and the management team and the other people involved in in me Kamoke have done wonders over the last, 11, uh, eleven, ten year, ten or eleven years. The won wonders, but now, but they've also lot to compound their problems and compound the challenges. that they've lost a lot of quite a. A lot of talent uh some very, very good players, for one reason or another have had to withdraw um there's you know it's so i mean i mean now so to so, um to increase the talent for john or the the challenge for John is that he's got to rebuild a team while it's playing at the highest level that's yeah, impossible and, and that's really, that's an impossible um
0: it's difficult for any team to lose even one two, three of their top players. But for Mead Camogie to lose, what, what if they lost, four or five players? Four or five and, players, and yeah. Through, through injury and and girls going travelling and that. But um, And then uh, there are other players, like superstars, that are playing injured, like Jane Dolan, who's playing injured yeah. uh, at the time. It really is a difficult job. And and uh, it's not going to get any easier on Saturday with the All-Ireland Champions Cork coming to yeah. trim.
1: Well, jo- I mean, also, he, John has had to bring in a lot of young, young players and... You know, to to uh, the point he made was that they're learning their trade against the very best, the elite of the game, and it's a huge uh, challenge. And uh, yeah, Cork Cork arriving. Look, he, he John joked about parking the bus and so on after, yeah. after after Dublin game last weekend, and you know you have to sort of um, might need you two can't, buses. You, you, might, you, you can't blame him for looking at, at, at radical tactics to try and sort out this problem because. Um, you know Cork are going to win. We you know that's that's a, a given. But uh, we we would hate to see me getting uh, heavily defeated here. You know, and uh, because we wanted to see the girls get some experience and um, not get discouraged.
0: Well, the one thing you that know. Mead Camogie have shown in the last couple of years when they won the Nancy Murray, which is the equivalent of a Junior B, they won the All Ireland Junior, the All Ireland Intermediate, and showed brilliant character last year to win the All Ireland Intermediate. These girls certainly will not go down. Without a fight, they'll die with their boots on, won't they? And while Cork, okay, the will. Cork will beat them. I would expect me to put up, as usual, a heartened, a good hearted, spirited performance tomorrow.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's what we're saying in in, in this Sorry, week's Saturday. in this week's paper. We were saying that, um, you know, John, uh, how much he prizes. He's a brilliant coach, as we know. He was brilliant with the Mead hurlers. Uh, he brought them to the top level. Uh, but w- we know how um, he prizes character he 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 looks for battling qualities in players uh that's the the foundation the basis i think of any player he looks for will they battle will they graft and then you he works from there and it, and that's uh what he's been he's been doing i think that's what his success is based on cuz um he knows that and without players and, and he knows the team he sends out there will give 110% i know there an old cliche there but 110% in every game and he, but you know just um, they're playing Cork, <laughs> so yeah, they're all yeah. Ireland champions. So you know it's 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 another challenge completely.
0: Um, another Mead Ladies manager that'll be looking for uh, an improvement on the last couple of performances will be Eamon Murray, uh, the Mead Ladies senior team manager. Of course, they're playing at intermediate level. Um, Eamon had he came in in a bit of a when Mead football was at a bit of a lull. Mead uh, ladies football was at a bit of a lull they were stuck in Division 3 and struggling to win a game in Division 3 and uh, then got regraded to the Intermediate Championship but last year of course won the Leinster Intermediate Title started off this year really well, got to the National League Division 3 Final unfortunately only one team gets promoted and they came up against a very strong Wexford team who beat them in the National League Division 3 Final since then though they've lost their Leinster Intermediate Crown losing to Wicklow and now on Saturday, on Sunday in Clonus at two o'clock, they face a very tough game against Fermanagh uh, to get their All-Ireland Intermediate bid back on track. Uh, it's a big game, isn't it, Jimmy? I believe you're going to that one on Sunday as well. It's it's a big game. Yeah,
1: it's a huge game uh, for, the, for the ladies because you know, they, they they put in just as much work as the men. You know, let's not forget that training and so on over the years. So a big championship, championship encounter. Um, and again, like the Kamogi players, it's um, uh, it's a huge ask for them to get anything from this match. But um, Eamon Murray, you know, they, they've done their business before, and his management team, and um, they they could they could get a vic- could get a victory here. Yeah, you know. it's
0: it's these um, knockout stages are played on a group on a group stage. So there's three teams in the group, Mead from Manor Roscommon two teams coming out of it. Mead would be expected to come out of the group. If they don't come out of the group, they don't beat both counties, it'll be a major surprise. But Eamon has defensive issues. There's two girls, uh Sarah Powderly seemingly has done her cruciate knee ligament. Sarah was cornerback on the National League Division Three team of the year. Orla Katie. Ka- Katie New is away um Katie New is away on um holiday as well. She was the other cornerback on the National League Division Three team of the year. Orla Lally has been struggling with injury all year and has only just come back recently. It's not 100% sure she's going to be fit for Sunday. And Emma Troy is no longer part of the panel. Uh, just wasn't able to give the commitment to, to the Meade team after many years of, of excellent service. So there's four defenders As we spoke about the Camogie team, if you take out three or four players out of the team, all of a sudden you become vulnerable. So Eamon will be hoping not to be caught on the hop by Fermanagh in the wide open spaces of Clonus on Sunday, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, well, again, you know, what team can afford uh, to lose four or five players of uh, regular starters? You know, nobody can afford that really. uh, Very few anyway. And Dublin maybe, in in, in the senior men's. They they might, but...
0: uh, they're going to be the exception to, to every rule, really.
1: Well, yeah. That, well, you mean Crow Park? They're getting they're too much the Crow Park, right? Is yes, that, is yeah. That well, that's a, an it, exception to
0: every rule going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, we it. won't we won't go down that line just yet. But um, just to finish up, we we have a couple of A League finals. Of course, the A Leagues are wrapping up. The fair play to the meet CCC. They've got the the leagues wrapped up pretty quick. A uh, couple of finals coming up in A Football League Division Three final, uh, between Bechtiff and Mead Hill. In Navan on Saturday at 3:30, and that's followed at 5 p.m. by Longwood and Navan in the A Hurling League Division Two final. So, uh, Bective and Mead Hill, I know Mead Hill are managed by Davy Cahill, who would have strong connections with Bechtov. So, there would be uh, he'll be looking maybe to put one over his own hometown club there. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. winning the Junior Championship. They're probably two of the most recent winners of the Mead Junior Championship as well.
1: Yeah, well, it's going to be a fascinating encounter that because, uh, you know as I say the two, two teams are would be very evenly matched. Well, I, I would say Mead Hill will, go, will probably edge that one. Fergal my, what's your view there?
0: Well, Bechtov topped the division um, and were quite impressive throughout the league. did lose the last league game to St. Ultans, but it didn't really matter to them. They were already... Guaranteed top spot and and into the final Uh Meath Hill defeated Karna Ross in the final game of the league stages That was second against third and the winner of that game went on into the final So Meath Hill did show plenty of character in that to advance to the final so it'll be tight It'll be a good game and certainly not one to miss uh, Followed by the hurling League final then Longwood and Navan Amadnees who are Unusually for division two two first teams Playing in the division two league final uh, two teams that are in group b of the senior hurling championship so uh, you would expect a, a good tussle there Jimmy between longwood and avonmore and
1: you certainly would yeah but longwood um, uh, i would think would, would have the edge there you know they 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 are they're playing some good hurling at the moment in the senior championship uh, they recorded a, a win there they've won you know they've made a good start to their campaign in senior championship yeah two wins two
0: wins you know, yeah, beat, and, beat trim in the first round was yeah, probably their biggest game yeah. uh, that would pretty much guaranteed them top spot
1: no, Onto... Manny's up there obviously up there as well but I think Longwood are they're a hardened campaign you know, seniors team at this stage
0: yeah nice to get a bit of silverware on the mantelpiece I'm this sure, early yeah. in the
1: season give them a boost yeah
0: so two games on Sunday then as well uh, both in part Tolchin an early start uh, I'll have to get out of bed early on Sunday morning for Beliver and Minolti in the A-League Division 4 final Beliver uh, were unbeaten went through Division 4 unbeaten and uh, they They've draw a huge amount of players from Killine and Kildaki Hurling Club so there's no question in any of those players fitnesses uh, or fitness so they're all in, in flying form and, and Beliver will probably be favourites to beat Minolte in that game and then the second game uh, is between Siddon and Oldcastle in the A-League Division 2 final Sidden ran away at the top of Division 2 so they'll probably be hotly fancied to win that but Oldcastle needed to win their last game to leapfrog Rackenny into second place, uh, which they did. They, they held on to beat Castletown narrowly enough, I believe, um, to leapfrog Rackenny and claim that second spot, which was automatic promotion and a place in the final. But as I said, Sidon, I'm not too sure they lost a Trim in the last mm. game. I'm not too sure. And I think they lost their second last game yeah, as well.
1: I, I fancy uh, Oldcastle. I don't know how Old Castle did Jason Scully probably didn't have him for, most, for their campaign he's you know he's one of the up and coming stars you might say of of Mead football. So I think he he'll be playing in that, and I, I think he might give them an edge in that game, Fergal. Yeah, well,
0: okay, we'll we'll agree to disagree on that one, Jimmy. I just think Sydney will will feel as if they've come this far in the league to have topped the, topped the division and ran away with it, and and they say they eased their eased their foot off the gas a little bit in their last two games and. Lost out to Knobber and to Trim in the last two games. That they might be keen just to push on and claim the silverware. That they probably feel their their consistency throughout the league then deserves. That's this weekend uh, done and dusted. Just to let people know then as well that we've got the Senior Hurling Championship then resumes next week uh, with a game. It's it resumes on the Friday night with uh, Blackhall Gales against Boards Mill So that's Friday the twentieth of July. Not, fr- not if you're listening tonight. To this podcast, which is Thursday, it's not tomorrow. So yeah, <laughs> it's, I saw
1: Kaline Kille, played uh, Kadaki last night and beat them comprehensively uh, for a uh, three nineteen to one sixteen, I think it was. You know, so Kaline, yeah. I think are going to be a force this year. Uh, well, they will, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll
0: look to. They're playing Dumboyne in the next round uh, on Saturday, the twenty first of July. So they'll the, hope to the first back, two matches get back there and and you know inflict another defeat on Dumboyne which will put them out of the run and altogether. Dumboyne have lost both their matches whereas yeah. Kildocky will play retote and retote had an impressive win over Dunboyne the last time out so Kildocky who are playing uh, retote on the 22nd Sunday the 22nd will hope to win that the big game was probably Kiltail and Kilmesson in the next round of the Senior Hurling uh, Kiltail I suppose every game they play is always going to be the big game but for Kilmesson they really need to win to yes. have any hope they've lost I think they've bought, lost both their, their opening games of the Senior Hurling yeah, Championship so you know, they're under pressure to pick up a win there.
1: Yeah, but I can't see Kiltale um, uh, losing that one, Fergal. You know, they have too much uh, too much power, you know, and um, can, can best not have been playing well, and, but they certainly do need to step up to the plate.
0: OK, and then just a week further on from that then for those that are eagerly waiting the return of the Mead Senior Football or the Mead Football Championships, the senior, intermediate and junior, after a nine-week break. Seems ridiculous that we've had to wait nine weeks ...for the third round of the seven weeks since Mead were knocked out of the Championship... ...and nine weeks since the second round of the Championship... ...that we'll eventually have the third round of the Championship... ...on the weekend starting the 27th of July. It starts that weekend with two games... ...Centralstown against champion Simonstown... ...and Rakennie taking on one of the favourites now would be Ratote. So that's just to make people aware that the championship Football Championships... ...resume from the weekend of Friday... The 27th of July. So, uh, Jimmy, thanks a million for coming in and filling in with thanks us here. Long. We just reviewed okay. the Chronicle and had a good discussion there. So, we said we're, we're sorry we didn't have our regular guest slot this week, but due to unforeseen circumstances, uh, just wasn't able to get, get it on the road. And again, I apologise for a couple of glitches the Gremlins got in the system there at the beginning uh, probably just sick of the two of us rambling on but until next week where we'll, uh, we'll hopefully have a guest back again and if not, sure we can ramble on for another half an hour again next week anyway so thanks for joining me Jimmy Thank you very much and thanks for listening everybody so that's been the latest edition of Talk Good Game. We really hope you enjoyed the show. And if you wish to make a comment, please send us an email to sports at or contact us on Twitter at meadsports using the hashtag T-A-G-G. I'm Fergal Lynch, and we've been trying to talk a good game.